Hi, everyone. Welcome to Swine Doc Pod with Carthage. My name is Dr. Clayton Johnson. I'm the host of Swine Doc Pod with Carthage. I want to give a big thank you to the folks at SwineWeb um, and Jim Eady in particular. Uh, we could not produce this content for you and bring it to you without Jim's support. Really appreciate the opportunity to work with them. They have a wonderful website um, full of resources about the pig industry, all the latest news, podcasts such as ours, as well as many other podcasts that they help put out in the industry. And if you haven't visited swineweb.com, I'd encourage you to do so. We're going to talk today with Dr. Aaron Lauer. Dr. Lauer is a member of our veterinary team at Carthage Veterinary Service, and Dr. Lauer's got a got a passion for data analytics, um, uh, really rooted in some educational experiences that Dr. Lauer and I have had together, uh, and he's here today to talk to us a little bit about that. Aaron, thanks for joining us. Why don't you tell us a little bit about your role with Carthage Vet Service and, and your background? Yeah, thanks, Clayton. Um, my name's uh, is Clayton Ted Aaron Lauer. I've been with Carthage since uh, 2009. I was an Illinois graduate from the University of Illinois, actually a year behind Clayton in school. So we knew each other relatively well. We started uh, in the same class. We just didn't graduate at the same time. <laughs> yeah, I rolled back a year and <laughs> made a five-year five -year education out of it. Uh, but yeah, I've, uh, I've worked with Carthage uh, since graduation, which is rare anymore for somebody to, uh, to stick with a job and stay there. Um, I've mostly done uh, work with uh, with our Carthage system farms and then rolled quite a bit more into really the independent farm. So do a lot of work in Michigan, Ohio, um, Indiana, Kentucky, and, and Illinois. Aaron, uh, you and I not only got an opportunity to go to vet school together, um, learn together there, uh, but also we participated in uh, the executive veterinary program at the University of Illinois, which is a continuing education opportunity offered to pig veterinarians. Um, we were in the same class at that, and uh, we had a module on data analytics. And from knowing you through the years, um, you've always been a spreadsheet whiz and a guy who's really excited by data and likes statistics. I know that module was exciting for you and has really helped to formulate how you practice and how you try and help those clients going forward. You want to talk a little bit about that EVP experience and kind of the specific data analytic module that I know really helped ignite a fire that was already there for you and a passion which you've always had for data analytics and how they can help produce make better decisions. Yeah, I've always been a, a strong C on a disk profile, so I kind of eat up that, uh, that information. I'm a skeptic and want to dig through that data and really kind of formulate my own decisions. Uh, I've thought, you know, that's, that's been a strength of mine. It's something I can bring to clients, but that module was really quite good to say, yeah, you can, you can pull a lot of data and you can summarize it, but really you're not being that effective with the data. And that's, that's what really helped me in this module is to say like, oh, I, I was doing the front end of it or the easy stuff, but I wasn't really getting it through all of the stages there. So Brad Kohler was the, uh, he was the host really of, of that session. And that's uh, seven years ago now, but this, this module's really stuck with me on, on really kind of elevating the value of data. And so can we move, how do you move from just simple data collection to the reporting that we're all very used to, and then into analytics, and then really a synthesis of that to kind of help that system make decisions on what direction they're headed. Yeah. Um, 
I can remember one of my experiences in that module was thinking that, you know, I had some great mortality reports that I was going to be able to show them, you know, when they asked for examples. And uh, it really was educational for me to learn that my definition of a report was different than Brad's definition of a report, right? When we think of reports in the pig industry, we kind of think of this big, massive 30 page document. And I think a lot of times we falsely assume the bigger is better, right? The more metrics we have, the better our reports are. But Brad really helped to kind of hone in that that's not usable, right? And that if people have to go dig through that information, that's a different place on the whole kind of extracting value from information paradigm than where I thought I was. Do you want to talk a little bit about what we learned about the progression from data collection to actually eventually getting to use the data and where you see most pig producers today? Yeah, so it, it was a continuum there. So collections, obviously, you can't do any sort of analytics without collection. In collection, you know, we do a lot of data collection uh, in the industry and really every industry does, right? We, we talk about um, um, being data rich and analytic poor, but the, uh, you know, our collection um, is in a lot of disparate systems today, right? We've got lots of written down stuff in the barns, barn charts. We've got stuff that just hangs out in the controllers because they don't communicate out. We do have controllers that communicate out now, but uh, that's in that system. We have finishing record software that's different from uh, sow farm record software, which is not accounting software, which is not kill sheet software. Uh, we've got really good, nice movement in the sensor technology and that price point has gotten quite good in order to kind of make smart barns, but none of that stuff really kind of communicates together. So, I mean, that's, that's, that's one of the toughest things is, is how do you consolidate that data into the same spot? And then also, um, you know, just your, your ability then to, to take that to the next level and analyze it. Um, the other tough thing about that data collection is that they, they use different language sometimes. So, uh, you know, what you call this site or this flow may be different in those different software systems. So uh, it, it's frustrating because we haven't even gotten to the other spots of how do we utilize data and we're really stuck in that data collection side, but there is some new technology coming that uh, is really going to help with that. When you, you go to a big variety of farms, right? And there's no one right way to do anything, but on the data collection side, the old saying is, is appropriate in that bad data in is going to give you bad analysis out. Okay the sites that you go to that are the most progressive, and I guess just call it what it is, the most effective at getting good data in, what are the trends you're seeing on those sites? Do they use different tools? Do they use a different way to get the data into those systems? Yeah, we're seeing um, some movement to the electronic data entry side of things. And, um, you know, the South Farm, South Farm software is probably pushed at the most. It is, it's a little frustrating though on kind of, how much that sped up farms. Uh, and I'm thinking of some examples of uh, QR or the um, ESF tags, right? Mm -hmm. uh, I still see a lot of farms that they have to carry a big wand and then they, they may scan that in and it takes forever. And that hasn't really sped things up well. Um, QR codes on say cards. Uh, so we've, you know, in the Carthage system, for example, and our clients have, that are on Porsatech, we've we print QR codes on the cards. And so you do get good data in, entry in. And then uh, all of your, a lot of your activities can also be QR coded. So if you want to do, for example, preg check, 
you can set that up in order to say, all right, these are prick check positives and here's who did it and start scanning down the line. And then you can just simply put a QR code on that has that SOW ID and she was a preg check negative. But that's really, really helped uh, with regard to the QR stuff and on the data, the data input side. The other thing that, um, that we're seeing, and it's kind of stretches my understanding on the IT side, but uh, is, is common data model or, or um, um, data lakes. But really trying to, it's that communication between all those disparate systems in order to get that data into a central spot, a data lake. And then once you get it there, you can move it around and, and to do that. The other term I used there was the uh, the common data model. And the way I kind of understand that is, is it's building databases that can really talk off of each other. So you've got one, you know, for example, master sheet with regard to um, your finishing spaces. So here's the name we're going to use. And when you put a lot into there, it'll pull, you know, we got a, maybe a different one for growing pig lots, but those communicating with each other is, is the way I understand uh, a common data model. So that way, any time that you need to pull data, for example, of your finishing sites, it's always pulling it from that one source of truth. Yeah. And it's, I think, critical that you get to a point where you can put your data together because to your point, right, all of our software packages have a purpose, but they don't necessarily talk to each other. Um, and uh, even if they talk to each other, you've got to work on the things like the site, you know, we spelled prairie right in this in this system and we didn't spell it right over here. Or we use the this four digit site code in this one when we use the site name here. And then on top of that, sometimes you have differences in units of measurements. Um, you know, the, you could be looking at carcass data in one data system and live data in another one. Um, what's reasonable for a producer to expect, Darren, if they want to take those kind of disparate systems and put the data together, is that possible today? Do we need technology breakthroughs to make that happen? What, what's a reasonable expectation for producers in trying to get to that kind of common data program? Yeah, it's it's been a push of, you know, companies like ours because you can think, you know, we have some production arm and then we have all the clients and every, so we get to see everything that's out there with regard to, to the different systems. It sure looks like the technology's out there. It's not really a lack there of, of being able to collect that data. It's really having the, the, the staffing and the horsepower with regard to actually combining that stuff. And so that was, that's been a push of Carthage Vet Service here over the last couple of years is, We've hired uh, four different people, really, in you know, in in some different facets, but really accounting. Uh, somebody that's that's really good in data analytics and accounting, records, uh, research, and then also IT. But those four really kind of make up a core team to say, hey, we've got key things that are happening in all of these systems, and the four of us need to be sure that all of that's getting into the same spot. So I would say for most producers, it's really going out there and finding those. You need to go higher for those positions. I know a lot of the universities are seeing the value of that too. And so if you look at a lot of the degree programs, there are quite a few of those that might be like animal science, but a data science degree in animal science. Um, those types of individuals are one, hard to find right now. Um, and then two, they they may not know what questions to really ask. And so it's really hard to find somebody that's knows what a reasonable question to ask in pig production and have that skill set. Yeah. 
once you get some of your data into the same system, you know, previously a barrier was, well, what do I do with it now? Because uh, the, one of the big values of the, the various different data systems we used was they all had their own reports attached to them. But if you're going to take data out of your sow production system, your finishing production system, your feed mill, you know, your market data, and you're going to dump all that in one common place, you got to have a way to report on it. So, um, you know, as we've made progress for some of our clients on putting these things together, how are you handling that reporting end of it, Aaron? Yeah, the reporting is is really the the area where we really think we do a lot of good, right? Because uh, there's a lot of those systems that are set up to do reporting. So you think, you know, sow sow finishing performance and uh, or sow sow performance and finishing performance. Have, have generally had a, a reporting component to that. And you rely on that company in order to write those reports with the data that they have available. As we are able to, to really kind of get all that data into the same spot, it does open us up to ask those questions now of, okay, finishing performance was this, but what about that environment that the pig was in? Because now I have both data, data spots. The cool thing is, is that there is business intelligence software now and Power BI would be like the Microsoft version of that that allows you to go ahead and write what are those reports that you want to see. So that'll be one of the big changes that we see here over some time is that uh, instead of relying on whatever software companies that you're using for both data entry and data the reports, you're going to be able to build some of those. And then I think that also changes also from reporting into the analytics side of things. Because you can really start asking the questions about cause and effect. Yeah. Yeah. And I would assume that there are a lot of those folks out there that are, are software manufacturers that would love to be that kind of common solution. Do you think that's realistic that one software provider can develop a, a software platform that can bring in all the financial, all the pig performance data into, from a production system into one shop and then be the, the one, the kind of one size fits all software program for a client? Is that realistic in the future to expect that that can possibly happen? Or do you think that some of this stuff's going to have to be done independently and producers are going to have to put together the disparate software systems and use a Power BI using something like that for the reporting side? Yeah, this is probably the biggest, I would say, roadblock or hurdle in, in our data, our use of data in the swine industry, because there's not a great business case for really any of those, Clayton. Yeah. <laughs> so, uh, you know, if you're, uh, if you're a company that historically has done data entry and data reports, you, you want to build it all out, but building it all out is, is crazy difficult. You know, it's a huge project, especially because really none of them have got accounting as part of that. And yeah. companies, the way we, that we use accounting, it's the most important thing that we, that we do, but yet we don't really tie it back to production data and whatnot very, very closely. And then we use a wide variety of different accounting packages. So to have a company that's going to be able to go do that is going to be probably difficult. The other, the other side of that is, okay, well, maybe they can all work together, but that also diminishes the value of, of your company. Yeah. Um, so option three is then you got to build it yourself, which is depends on size and scale. So I, I mean, this is, I don't have a good answer for you, um, but I do think that, you know, companies are going to have to kind of evaluate which of those three paths they're going to take yep. and then go ahead and dedicate resources to that. But I, unfortunately, I think option three is probably going to be most realistic or practical. And, and I've seen a few clients that have, 
you know, kind of started from scratch and built their own ERP software and said, all right, we're just, we're going to build our own accounting, which is going to pull in production, et cetera. Those are multi-year projects. Yeah. Um, and probably I, projects that have a bill that has a couple commas in it by the time yeah. they get done with it. Yeah. But, um, but it is, I mean, I, it would be tough if you were really a data company or, you know, a, a software company, because it's difficult to decide, you know, which direction you're going to go. That's going to be practical that producers are going to pay for that's going to have significant uptake in the industry. Yeah. What about other facets of the industry um, outside of just production records? You know, we talk a lot about foreign animal disease risk and pork boards invested in, you know, programs to try and aggregate data there. Do you think as, as we do some of these things to aggregate data from different software that we'll be able to apply that to other sectors of the industry and get similar value there? Or is that going to have to be totally separate projects? I think, is there a model I mean, at least we can learn from? Yeah, I mean, the, the easiest one seems to be production and, and the accounting side of things, right? It's, it's probably where you ought to start. But I mean, the, the cause and effect of uh, things like, you know, here's my diet. We got to, nobody, nobody spends more on diagnostics in the swine industry, right? Look at Iowa State's revenue for their department. But cause and effect, we don't really tie that back to, okay, what does that cost in the group performance or even the, here's the health program that I'm on in that flow. Am I really, yep. really doing well there? So there's, you know, there's that, those examples. There is the, the preparedness for foreign animal disease or just, you know, disease or, um, you know, where are pigs moving and how is that, how is that? Uh, we spend a ton. I mean, it's probably what the fourth or fifth biggest expense in grow finish is transportation, for example, right? But we don't really have a database in order to kind of analyze, are we making smart, smart decisions with regards to those things? So I think, you know, to me, this all ties together in order to really kind of understand, you know, understand my business. And does it make sense, you know, as we talk about how data, the value of data and how it moves up, that's really kind of getting in that last part of synthesis of it in order to say, okay, as I look at my production system, does it make sense for me to have sows in Nebraska, for example, or, or does it make sense, you know, as I look at my packer agreements and where I'm sending that to, you know, that's the type of data, you know, if you can get all that stuff pulled up, you can really drive the ship with regard to say, I need to go expand in this area or I need to quit doing this. Yeah. Do you think, um, Aaron, as producers put this data together, that they'll be able to make eventually, you know, different decisions at the individual pig level. And I call it the individual pig, but probably sow is the better starting point. But do you think as producers start to get their own data, evaluate their own data, use tools like artificial intelligence to look for trends that we can't even see really on our own, do you think producers in the, in the somewhat near future will be able to make things like culling decisions with this sort of data at the individual animal level? Yeah, I think that's a ways out um, as far as, you know, some of those individual sow decisions. But I do think like maybe down to the lot level, Clayton, or just, you know, what's what's that flow and pipeline need to be or what's it look like? So what is my true profitability on these sows that I'm going to breed now later on down the road? So we can say, OK, yeah, let's, uh, keep the pedal to the metal or don't. You know, as an industry, we we don't flex that pipeline really whatsoever. We think we do, and we talk about kind of doing that. But you know, we we basically put the pedal to the metal because you know we're mostly a cost-based industry, and the only way to really reduce cost is throughput. 
And that's, I mean, at the end of the day, it's, it's uh, the difference between producers is generally throughput on the same assets that cost, you know, assets and feed and all that costs relatively similar. It's yep. just, can you improve throughput through the sow farm or throughput through finishing by having the lower mortality compared to a competitor? We've talked a lot about performance data and you brought in accounting as kind of being the first two things to tie together. You mentioned a term earlier, Aaron, uh, sensors. Talk to us a little bit about some of the technology improvements there and how that contributes to data that's coming in today that, you know, five, 10 years ago, maybe we could have got yeah. at the farm if we looked at the controllers, but now we're getting it remotely. And then where yeah. do you see that going in the future? Yeah, it's, um, that that's really come along quite a ways and it's, it's not really a, an improvement in sensors, it's an improvement in communication and how to get that data out of the farm into the cloud, right? Mm -hmm. And so um, with, with the improvements in mobile technology and, and reduction of cost, I mean, before you'd have to wire that stuff up and whatnot, and now you can go into barns and you can zip tie stuff, put a sensor on the outside that runs off of solar and you're done. Um, so that, I mean, there's a number of companies that are, are have really, come to the market with regards to that. Um, and the, the opportunities are kind of endless. Where I've struggled with that a little bit is that, um, you know, usually we're, it's very hardware expensive, software low cost on making those decisions. So, you know, the, the smart controllers that control barns, right? You, you, once you kind of commit to one, you got to kind of commit to it for, for a lifetime because you need all that data to come back to the same spot. Yep. With these sensor companies, um, you know, the model, and I, I would actually be a little more comfortable, and, and pig producers generally aren't comfortable with this model, but, you know, give me the hardware and I'll pay for the monthly software subscription because this is going to change very, very rapidly. And so if you go with this company today, in a year or two, it may be the next company that's got got better stuff and, and uh, maybe it can do more, et cetera. And so I think as a producer that, you know, in the past, we've, we've always been like, I'll just pay for it up front and I don't want a subscription. I actually think we're going to switch that here as we continue to move forward with regard to some of these sensors and whatnot. And I think we've got to get comfortable with that, that model. And, um, you know, we, we kind of have a bit of a, a play barn, right? Where like, just put everything into that barn, you know, feed bin sensors, multiple different companies, environmental sensors and that, just to kind of understand here's where the technology is and, and where do you want to go with it. Your technology deficit may not cost you today, but to your point on kind of that barn that you can play with, if your technology deficit is a problem and one of those technologies really hits, you can be left behind in a hurry. And so I couldn't agree more, Aaron. If you if you got one pig barn, that is what it is, right? But if you're if you're managing multiple pig barns, if your system's got quite a few of them in there, everybody kind of needs a, a smart farm, so to say, that they're at least playing around with some of this stuff. You don't necessarily want to be on the bleeding edge of innovation everywhere, but you have to at least understand what's going on and have some sort of um, a personal experience. If there is one of those things that looks like it's going to the moon and it looks like everybody needs to put that technology in their barn. Is that a fair way to describe it? Yeah. Yeah. And I, we, we joke around about it, but I mean, pig farming is, is really about who screws up the least. And so what are, you know, we know what to do. There's not a lot of trade secrets out there. It's really just execution and knowing what's going on. And if you think about really kind of the labor constraints and the, the skill constraints and how do, how do guys like you and I get around to all these sites, et cetera, that, 
you know, if, if we can pull a chunk of that information in electronically, you know, I, it's just amazing how many farms you go to, right? And you, you walk in and go, there's, I can tell that the minimum stage fans aren't working or whatever, right? And you just go, man, that's day after day after day. And if, if you could get that information back and have it on the maintenance list and whatnot and understand those things, it's, it's uh, you know, it's, it's about who screws up the least. So what are those sensors, et cetera, that you can manage, you can manage more animals, sites, et cetera, with, you know, we're, we're probably not going to expand our labor pool as far as, you know, managers and, and yeah. whatnot overseeing. Certainly not in the short term, right? Yep. Labor is driving the bus on every decision we make. And if we have good data, that probably even helps with the labor part as well, right? Because good data helps you put resources on the target. And good data helps you prioritize the target, right? So you have what few people you have working on the biggest opportunity in your business. Yeah. And and I thought when you were talking about uh, when you were showing your mortality sheet to Brad Kohler in this module, I thought finish that story, Clayton, because it was, uh, I think it's good here on with regard to like, yeah, there's lots of data there, but. Yeah. And so um, he kind of asked us uh, for, uh, to bring an example of a report that we used. And I knew the setup, right? Like I knew that it was, we were going to bring stuff in and he was going to shred it, right? He was going to be like, well, here's why that's actually not a very good report. But I am always, a, I'm always a willing guinea pig for those sorts of things. So I, I brought my mortality spreadsheet and the mortality spreadsheet had every group of pig that I was um, overseeing on it. And it had, you know, the number of mortality by week and I had it all color coded, right? You know, I'm, a, I'm an Excel wizard, Aaron. I know how to use conditional <laughs> formatting. That and, that and pivot tables, those are my two uh -huh. big uh, value propositions. So I had it conditionally formatted. So it was color coded by the amount of mortality. And as you would imagine, right, because I'm a great veterinarian, 90% of those colors were green, right? Because 90% of the, the weeks, you know, the mortality wasn't bad and, you know, we were hitting the target. And um, I had like 500 sites on this report and each site's got 25 to 30 weeks of data on it because they're weaned to finish sites. I showed it to him and I was so proud of it and I explained it and he said, okay, he didn't know anything about the report. He's like, I don't know what data is on here, but I'm guessing that the green is good, right? I'm like, yeah. He's like, and you probably don't really want anybody to do anything about the green. And he's like, no. Or I'm like, no, you know, I, the green's good. He's like, okay. And the red is probably really bad, right? And I'm like, yep. And he's like, you want people to pay attention to the red, right? Focus the resources. You want your, your assets, your resources going there. I'm like, yeah. And like the yellow, that's kind of in between. And it's not as bad as the red, but we need to pay attention to it. I'm like, yeah, you got it. He's like, good. So if 90% of your information on the report, you don't want anything to do anything about it. Why is it on the report? I was like, oh, I knew, I knew I'd fallen in the trap at that point, right? But that's always stuck in me. And to me, that's the biggest challenge we have with our pig production reports specifically today is that you said it before, right? It, we are swimming in data. We have report after report after report, but we still rely on individuals to go through every one of those reports individually every week a lot of times and look at all 30 pages and all of us have to do our own evaluation of what's good, what's not good, how am I going to prioritize this? And I think a lot of it is the lack of tie to the accounting systems, because at the end of the day, we don't prioritize things based on their financial value proposition. We mm -hmm. prioritize things based on whatever the flavor of the month is, right? If we're working on mortality or feed conversion or whatever, we look at those specific reports and we go try to make it better. But there are a lot of times where we're stepping over dollars trying to pick up pennies because that's just, you know, we, we don't have good reports like a lot of manufacturing businesses do that focus those resources. 
So I'm rambling, but that that was my passionate learning coming out of that. Yeah. And where I've tried to spend my time to that is to distill some of those things I look at so that I'm more efficient as a veterinarian, so that I'm spending five minutes on the report instead of an hour trying to distill the report into actual information I can use. Yeah, I think, I mean, if there's if there's anything to kind of take home from this, it is, you know, we're very proud of the reports that we put out. And so I use the example of, uh, you know, the sow sow performance monitors, if you kind of look at, okay, we send, send, send those out to about a 20 person list. If everybody takes, I mean, if you really expect all 20 people, cause you sent it to 20 yep. to look at all those reports and it takes 10 minutes to report, et cetera. I mean, it'd be 150 hours yep. of time in which everybody is looking at the same thing, coming to their own conclusions and, you know, everybody's conclusions are different. So if there's anything that's a take home, I think it's, it's one for, you know, as you think about, okay, here's the standard reports that I sent out of my system. Can I take it to that next level, take off the green stuff basically and say, all right, here's the, here's all the South farm reports, but here are the three farms that we need to go work on farrow rate. And here's the two farms that have a sow mortality problem. And here, you know, just here's the couple of, of reports. If you want to go look at the detail, that's fine. But if you, those 20 people can basically see that summary and say like, okay, there's my three farms. I'm going to go work on those things that would save, you know, save 150 hours. Yep. Yep. Aaron, you and I could chat about this for a long time. And if there were beers involved, probably even longer, <laughs> um, but we'll, we'll have to wrap it up at some point. Why, why don't you talk to us a little bit about, you know, the, the future of the evolution of data analysis. And in particular, how is it going to make you a better service provider to your clients, right? Yeah. How is, how is the data analysis that we're doing today that's better than yesterday, making you a better veterinarian right now? And then what would you love to have tomorrow and the next day to make you an even better decision maker and, 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 and service provider? Yeah, I think, you know, we, we talk about these things all the time, right? Everybody, you could have had the same topic for, for years. I think what's really cool is here the last two years is, is like some of this stuff is actually coming to fruition where we're able to, to link this stuff together. But I think, you know, uh, maybe the veterinarian's role may be, you know, especially with our producers that may not be able to go hire the data analytics guys and whatnot is, is saying, hey, give us access to this database. We'll get it built for a number of clients. Um, benchmarking, you know, it, it'll give you an opportunity to benchmark those things. So that's, that's really, you know, some of the push of, of us to hire some of those individuals is because we understand that not all of our clients are probably going to go do that. And, um, and it'll allow us to spend time, you know, as, as a veterinarian, it's, it's really cool how we get to work with clients because yes, we're in charge of the health, but they also give us a lot of access to influence production and, you know, uh, in employees and economics and whatnot, you know, decisions on flow and investments and whatnot. So these types of tools will help us really spend maybe even more time in those areas that are really important for the business rather than going and walking finishers well, maybe it's a little bit better if I can actually have your, your data benchmarked and understand like, hey, we've got this area of, of your production system that's a bit out of line. Let's go focus in on that instead of going and, and walk and wean pigs that are very healthy. So um, that's where I think it's, that's where I think it's headed um, is, is uh, we will, this perspective will help us kind of focus in our time in order to do things that are, that are best economically for the system. 
What's working on the business versus working in the business mean to you, Aaron? Is, and is that one of the outcomes that potentially this improves? Is that kind of what you're talking about with your time utilization for the client on the business versus in the business? Yeah, I think um, we, you know, you, you kind of get into those, yeah, it's a monthly routine or a quarterly routine to kind of get through those, those check boxes of the vet service. So here's health, here's maybe the regulatory stuff that we've got to do. This type of uh, data analytics will help us really kind of think, be very productive and carving out time to work on the business. So we need to really kind of get, as we interact with clients, yes, there's the routine stuff that we have to do in order to keep the ship moving, buy security audits, that sort of thing. But I think it's it'll be even better for us to carve out that time to say, all right, we're going to take a half a day, once a quarter, and go work on the business and use this data as really the baseline in order to have those those important discussions. Very good. Very good. Aaron, as I mentioned, we could talk about this for forever, but I do think it's probably about time to wrap up. Um, really appreciate you being on here. Um, I think this is the first time we've had you on the podcast. Welcome to the Worldwide Studios. Uh, I think the next time it's going to be uh, more of a barbecue training episode. Is that, yes. is that the promise? The next time was, we get you on, we'll get some tips that was, and tricks. Uh, that was my first first recommendation on a topic, but uh, we'll maybe we'll wait for a little warmer weather before we get started. That's probably a good idea. Yeah. We'll wait. We'll wait for an Illinois football win, which may be a lot longer than waiting for warmer <laughs> weather. <laughs> All right. Well, thank you very much, Aaron. Really appreciate all the insight. Uh, thanks to our audience. Um, uh, again, I'm Clayton Johnson. Uh, this has been Swine Doc Pod with Carthage. Aaron, can't thank you enough for the time. I appreciate it. All right. Thanks, everybody. Please have a great day.